This is Jennifer Hale, and I am the voice of a whole bunch of stuff in cartoons and games, and I've done lots of stuff in the Marvel Universe, the Star Wars Universe, Bioware, Bioshock Infinite, all kinds of cartoon stuff, and you're listening to Nerd On. Nerd On. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Nerd On, the podcast you didn't need, but you deserve, and where all levels of nerd are welcome. We have a very special episode today, oh, so yes. we're going to get right into some of the business. And first, let's introduce the host. I am Josh. I am Ali. And I'm Tom. I'm Caitlin. And this episode is brought to you in part by the members of the Nerd On Nation that is powered by Patreon. Patreon. As a member of the Nerd On Nation, you do get awesome perks like you get early access to these episodes you get bonus episodes that nobody else hears you get discounts on merch you get early access to merch you get uh access to secret channels on our discord server that is just between us and other members of the nerd on nation um all sorts of really fun nerd stuff. on nudge and you get a nerd on nudge for uh, our weekly show, the Nerd on Update. Uh, we answer questions from you, the audience. And if you are a member of the Nerd on Nation, you get your questions answered first. It's fun stuff. Um, but yeah, check that out. Join the Nerd on Nation at nerdon.tv backslash Patreon. And join that Discord, nerdon.tv backslash Discord. It's fun stuff. It's a great community that continues to grow. And, All the time. Uh, we love you guys. Uh, and a big shout out to our partners, uh, Apogee and Odyssey. Apogee has equipped us with these microphones, the hype mic, the <laughs> ultimate podcasting microphone. Um, I do suggest when you get a chance to get a hold of one, get it. Um, they are yeah, flying so off the shelves. Um, they are hot. And like, they like, and for a reason. Uh, frame, of, frame of reference. I'm, I'm, I, I do uh, acting classes and stuff. And... Pretty much every time my teachers are like, where did you get that microphone? Because I need it. I no, <laughs> I, I have friends who are teachers and they're all having to do distance learning right now. And some of those mm -hmm. teachers are thinking about even doing podcasts. And I said, you know which one to use. <laughs> and they just like that too, huh? Just like that. Just no, like Everyone's that. like, oh my God. Like all my, you know, all my plebeian friends who don't wow. podcast wow. like wow, me. Wow, Plebeian. Uh, um, wow. They're like, oh, where'd you get your pocket? You have a whole setup going on. I was like, <laughs> because I care how I sound. And wow. you should too, baby. Wow. And average is the way to go. <laughs> anyway. I love Tom inventing the society the of The most douchiest <laughs> ad read ever. <laughs> yeah. Okay, no, time out. Have you read the ad for the soap guy? That guy's the, like, I, he makes me so infuriated. And like, he just says that you're uh, like a piece of for not listening to so anyways apogee is amazing <laughs> apogee um wow. and then a big shout out to odyssey headphones uh we have their lcd ones um i cannot suggest them They're enough so good um they sound so yummy they also have um they also have their video game headset uh mobius mm -hmm. uh it is incredible I love that um <laughs> i've streamed with it a bunch and people have made comments of how the mic because you know how gaming headsets like sometimes you listen and you're like, what are you using? Is it like a, a can, can with a stream? Yeah. Like what is happening? <laughs> These sound ultra clear. And they also have, they have a new headset coming out in the near future. That's a wireless that has a sure microphone in it, Whoa. which is 
pretty incredible. Um, yeah. But anyway, check them out. Odyssey and Apogee. Good for your sensitive oh ears. That is the housekeeping. Let us get on with this wonderful, wonderful episode. This is such a good um, one, y'all. From superheroes to space, video game mocap, and animated classics from your childhood, our guest has been recognized in the Guinness World Record as the most prolific female video game voice actor. Our guest is Jennifer Hale. She's um, and she will be narrating the audiobook version for Christopher Paulini's To Sleep in a Sea of Stars that releases, uh, that released actually September 15th. But today we're going to also get our nerd on about the classic, The Princess Bride. So mm-hmm. everyone welcome, give a huge warm welcome to Jennifer. Jennifer, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show, taking some time. Um, we appreciate, uh, and also all of our NerdOn Nation, NerdOn fam, um, is super familiar with your work. First off, um, how are you? How are you doing in 2020? I'm fantastic. I'm super grateful that I and my family are super healthy and uh, I'm working and just staying focused on the uh, the better parts and the things we can do something about parts. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot <laughs> of uh, disarray right now in the world. So you can all, you can, you got to kind of like focus on what you can control. It is. <laughs> you know, have you ever cleaned out like your garage or your closet after yes. you've had it for a really long time? I, I all Remember time. that part mm-hmm. when everything's everywhere and you're like, I, I just want to walk <laughs> away from all this. I yeah. think that's where we up. are. And, but we're at that amazing point where we can go, not keeping that, not keeping that. That's got to go. That's worth keeping. Oh, you know, I forgot I had that. You know, yeah. we're in that zone right now. We just have to hang tight. Good retrospective. It's a very good place like to be, but also a terrible place to be. It's it's like being in between the points of A and B and knowing you still have to walk all the way to B. Yeah, but you know what? You can because you can see B. There's this that great thing that somebody told me about a long time ago. I think it's from the book, The Drama of the Gifted Child. I'd never read it, but I just remember this thing somebody shared with me about it, which is that, you know, people look ahead and and they... They see where they want to be and they see where they are and they experience that gap as their shortcomings instead of seeing that gap for what it is, which is the length of their vision, their mm. capacity to see what they want and, and envision something that they can go for. Oh, yeah. I love that so much. Yeah. What just happened? That <laughs> <laughs> just happened. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I don't know if I warned you or not, but Jennifer is like amazing. Yeah. 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 Uh, didn't you also like rescue horses in the past? Oh, I I just I volunteered on a team in LA. It's it, the what we call it is Lackdeckert. Um, I haven't done it since much since I had my son um, because my 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 I used to be the one out there in the front. What we what we did was we would go out. We were uh, under the umbrella of animal control, but trained by the fire departments, and we mm. would go out in advance of brush fires, you know, under the supervision of the fire department and pull horses out of the path of the brush fire. Oh, wow. And, you know, we had a lot of training and it sounds, it was actually freaking awesome. But I used to be the one in the total front going, oh, God, you know, and <laughs> I remember one time I did the dumbest thing. Somebody did not, a, did a very not smart thing and deployed me by myself oh. in my truck with my trailer by myself. And I started going down a two lane road with a, you know, it was like a canyon and it was so much smoke, I couldn't see 
20 feet in front of my car. So I could have been driving the dumbest thing in the world. It was such a dumb thing. And I got in there and I was like, this is the dumbest thing ever. And I can't turn around <laughs> it's a two lane road. Oh my God. Oh, and I was man. like white knuckling going, okay, is this where I die today? And then I saw a yellow jacket and I was like, yes, the firemen are here. Wow. You know, that's the dumbest thing I did. But I used to be that person, right? And then after I had my son, I was like, no, 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 wow. no, no, I will be second. I will yeah. be pointing out all the scary things you're doing in the front. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Out, you know, so. Yeah. Well, you've, you've got to, once you have a, a child to constantly keep safe from every danger, I feel like that kind of changes things. It changes I mean, in the best way, man. Like you don't realize it, but once you, I, I can't speak for the male experience because this body is female, but um, I, I don't know. My, my mind has never been in one place again since I had a child. You know, and I can imagine people who have three, four, or five. Like, dear God, how do you get anything done? Because you have your mind, <laughs> you know. Um, I've never, but my kid and I have a pretty, we have a pretty incredible bond. We had it from the moment he got here. I knew I was having him long, long, long before he got here. And now he's, so that's cool. Yeah. That's very that's awesome. cool. Yeah, yeah. It's the best. I mean, just because it's, it's so current. I mean, looking at California now and really actually the West Coast of like, the the blazes that are going on do you look at that and kind of go wow i know what's going i know what's happening on the front lines like based on your experience like well i know what's happening on the sidelines cuz i was you know I, I the closest i got to the front lines well i was you know was the little bits and pieces before it was coming i it did have some moments where i was pretty far up front <laughs> that i was supposed to be but um <laughs> you know i definitely feel for all those people i, I feel for the like when i first started way back this was like 20 years ago um i would just show up as a convergent volunteer which is the worst thing you can do <laughs> you oh. will get in the way and you will cause problems and i fortunately oh. i didn't and i came up with some great solution one time i happened upon this animal control cr crew that was trying to get these two 400 pound hogs out oh. and then it was a great lesson in judgment for me there was the two hogs and a bunch of other animals and i was like these horrible people left their animals to die in a fire you know and i was so judgmental and um so anyway i like they were trying to, you can't move a 400 pound hog like set that judgment aside for a second you can't move a 400 pound hog you just can't you know all these grown-ups are like nothing hogs like what you know? <laughs> you know and so but i noticed they would move away from walls so i was like oh and they had some big sheets of plywood and stuff laying around i was like you guys so we grabbed sheets of plywood and made walls and opened up the trailer and made a chute and like walled them into yeah. somebody out there is like, yeah, duh. Wow. <laughs> he worked. I was like, oh, <laughs> so innovative. <laughs> I recently saw that on a, on a YouTube video with like this pig farmer. And it's like, that's how you get them out to move. You just have this piece of wood and you just like kind of pat their butt and they'll just go, they'll just go towards that direction. Yeah, wow. exactly. It's what happened. So, it's weird. so anyway, about, I don't know, a week or so later, a couple weeks, a week later, Maybe, you know, about a week later, I was at the Humane Society adopting my kitty cat. Oh. And I'm standing there at the checkout, and this guy comes in, and he's just, he's disheveled, and he's, he's very, you he can feel his emotion. He's not crying, but I could totally feel it. And he was really upset, and he was so relieved. He's like, do you guys have my hot, my pigs? And, and they, he, he was the guy who owned the pigs. Oh, wow. And I just kept, I was like, hmm. <laughs> kept my mouth shut, thank God. And he was so upset because he had been away from home when it started and they wouldn't let him back in. Whoa. He couldn't get home to get his animals. He oh, had wow. tried 
And I had been like, you left your animals. I was like, wrong, wrong, wrong. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Can't, uh, you just I've been in a, yeah. in a evacuation for uh, like in the early 2000s. There was a big fire in Southern California. And mm-hmm. I grew up in a really small mountain town. And this community had to be evacuated because the fire was massive. And you can't, it's literally like on a drop of a dime where they're like, hey, you got to go. Yeah. And Which so community it's like, is it? You don't mind my asking. Um, it's, uh, San Diego, East County. Um, okay. it's a mountain town up there yeah. called Pine Valley. Oh, yeah. Um, very, very picturesque mountain town was a mining town and all that kind of stuff. Pine yeah. trees galore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you just never know. Um, uh, but <laughs> bring it back, bring it well, back. Well, in addition to being a like real life badass Sorry, I immediately bleep me someone. God, come uh, on. Sorry. Bad, bad booty. A bad booty. <laughs> in addition to being a bad booty, uh, in real life, also, you have, like, the, I think, Guinness Book of World Records, like, most video, like, female prolific. video game, most prolific female video game voice, uh, most prolific voice, I think, also. Um, but how how did you come into voiceover? How long have you been doing voiceover? Like... What what has that journey been like for you? It was a total accident, you know? I mean, I I went to a fine arts high school in Birmingham, Alabama, and I um, got a job through a dear friend of mine, Jane Trexel, at a video production studio um, that was next door to an audio studio. And they asked me to come over because I could talk without a Southern accent mm. and to uh, to do a commercial. And I think they paid me $30 or $35. And I was like, wait, what? And actually, I think it was doing... A Valley Girl. Oh, like, really? And I, years later, I was in acting class with Moon Zappa. And we all went out for, you know, drinks or whatever after class. And I finally, I'd been in class with her for several months. And I was like, Moon, I got to tell you something. <laughs> You're responsible for my career. <laughs> in water. But, and she's like, what? And I'm like, yeah. And I told her the story. She thought it was great. Um, and then, but I was really, I've always been aware of money and the, power of money and money to me represented freedom and security and all that. And this was an opportunity to make money. And at the time I was singing in clubs, I started singing in clubs when I was 15, singing rock and roll. And, um, I, uh, I just got really determined. And I asked these two guys, Greg and Courtney to sort of, I didn't say, will you mentor me? I said, will you help me make a, a reel? And how, what can I do in exchange? And I tried not to bug them too much and they were incredibly gracious. And I made a reel and I went door to door, cold calling ad agencies. I put on a little suit, put my hair up in a bun. I was still a teenager. Oh. I went and did this and I built a business. And I would read, at that point, I would read you my reel every couple of months because the learning curve is like this, right? Uh, yeah. And, so you know, sweet. what you did two months earlier, you're like, ah, cringe. Yeah. Well, I tell people now when I'm teaching or when I'm coaching or whatever, I say, listen, make your reel on your iPhone first. Make it at home on GarageBand. Make it on something like that. And then when that day comes, when you listen to something you made, the last round of what you made, you know, given that it's been a couple months and you don't cringe, then go spend your money. Then, yeah. then, you're in, then you're in this part of the curve. You're not in this part of the curve anymore. You're over here in this part of the curve. And hopefully it continues up. Like I still train. I still go to class. I still do what I can to learn and stretch. Yeah, I feel like it, yeah. it's a never-ending process, really. Well, I mean, why would you want to stop? This is the thing. Like, the game is not to become something. Because then you have to be that thing. And then you're, like, I can feel it in my gut. It feels awful. 
then you're stuck at this moment in time and you have to just keep groundhog daying that I'm that thing. And the truth is we're not. Pigeonholed. We're all things. And why would you box in yourself? Yeah. And and your voice is also like not going to like wildly shift, but it's going to change over time too. I'm not sure. Yeah. It, it, a little well, bit. It adds. In my experience, it adds. Like I've definitely added some bottom end that I love. I used to wish I had. Yes. And I've, I've kept my top end because I do certain workouts. And <laughs> nice. Let's help keep the muscles strong. <laughs> and then you can still go high. And it works for singing and it works for, for voice acting as well. Um, yeah, which man. which brings brings me to me uh, to me. Uh, I you know uh, I've played a lot of video games. I've watched a lot of animated series, and your name has never been far away from the purview of what I've experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I got two things to say. One, um, I think you have ruined all Felicia Hardys and Black Cats for me because oh. I always just think I'm like that's how she should be, and then I'm like, why isn't anything like that? And then I'm like. Oh, it's the performance. And it's like, it's the real acting. You know, I think there's a lot of misconceptions of like voice acting versus acting where there's just, it's acting, you know, it's like all true acting. Um, but to me, you you are the voice of Felicia Hardy Black Cat in my mind. And, and Spider-Man, the animated series is a very close part to my heart. So um, thank you. But where um, amongst all the characters you play, you play. Some of, you know, you play so many. Killer Frost, Femshep, uh, Rogue, Jean Grey, um, Friday, um, so many superhero things. Z- uh, Zatanna, I think. Um, I'm missing, obviously, a lot. Um, but we, just, we just released um, the Iron Man VR where I'm Pepper Potts. Which oh, is- yeah. What? Yeah. I can do mocap on that one, which is great. And where, Maria Hill in the new Avengers movie yeah, or yeah. Uh, game. Where, where, where is home for you in terms of, like, something you don't have to, you know— alter or you know something that's just like very comfortable for you which who whose voice or which character not any of the ones i might have mentioned i home is the void where mm-hmm. there isn't anything yet and i just wait i like for that something. answer and it because my job is to be a vessel for whatever the writer put together because writers make the world go round i love you writers mm-hmm. um yeah home is the void Nice silence. The the I try to pursue silence, but you know, squirrel. (laughs) (laughs) And that's too real. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. I mean for for someone like you that has to like you've played so many types of characters because I mean like just earlier you know you had Miss Keen and then um, uh, Princess. I I don't know full full name. More bucks. Yes, more (laughs) bucks. It's like again you have the high and then um, you have the low and then you also you know a lot of. Who yeah. Is yeah. yeah, and yeah. and so it's like where you're finding your your place of that it's kind of like you know outside of all that it's more of like the you know where you can kind of be reflective about that that's I like that that's really cool. Well, I I don't I try not to spend a lot of time thinking about myself because that that doesn't I, I for me that doesn't work well mm-hmm. you know because I don't know that's not why I'm here. I'm here to, I think about how to grow myself, how to be a better version of myself. I mean, that's not even accurate either. How to expand the current version of myself in a way that I enjoy. But that's really it, you know? Yeah, yeah it's, it's all I mean, simple. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, from an acting standpoint, because that's, that's what I went to college for is acting, is that like, yes, there's a certain sense of yourself in a character, but when you can separate yourself from that, and kind of live in the character, so to speak. Like you're like, you're getting and you're developing that character uh, and 
you're analyzing it. Like when you look at a script and you analyze it and you're like, I, I've heard in an interview where, um, uh, with you where you were talking about a, an emotional part of a scene yeah. uh, for a certain video game that you as Jennifer got um, choked up, but then like in the moment you were like, wait, no, this character doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. And like you have to stay present in the character and yourself. <laughs> it's well, like... What I, I mean, for me, it's, it's a pretty unconscious process at this point because I've been doing it for a while. But if I had to break it down, I would say what, what I think I look at is there's the common humanity or beingness, because they're not all humans, of this character. What all beings have things in common. There's love, there's fear, there's joy, there's hunger, there's anger, there's um, kindness, there's compassion. There's all these different things we all experience, right? So where's the commonality there? Okay, great. And then there's the who am I of it, where given who you are, you have permission or not permission to do certain things. Given the culture or the planet or the universe you live in, certain things are and are not allowed, so you might experience them and feel them, but they're not going to happen. Like, I think you were just referring to the Mass Effect uh, scene with Garrison Shepard where mm-hmm. um, I got choked up and I'm like, no, no, no. Shepard's a soldier. And in this situation, there is no cry. There is get it done, you know? And so I just had to step back and I got overtaken for a second. and like, Mm-mm, this is my goal. This is my number one right here. And then, of course, on top of that, where am I? Who am I talking to? What just happened? What do I want? How do I get what I want? What do how do I turn back around and try to get what I want again? You know, like all those basic acting things. And there's all that analysis. And then there's just, for me, I just stop and let it go and just trust the flow. Cause that's where I want to be. I don't want to be, be that character experience of it. I want to just be on the ride. Yeah. And speaking, speaking of uh female shepherd, it's, it's hard not to sort of look at that as one of those like iconic roles, you know, and I know you like to stay away from being a particular identity but oh, uh, you can't deny the, the prowess of that, of those games. What was mm-hmm. it like, you know, going uh, from like Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3, like going on that journey with the players? Because uh, I picked Female Shepherd for my playthrough. So that that was, so I was right there, <laughs> right alongside you. I was like, yes, Commander, let's do it. Uh, what does that look like? Uh, like, how was that going game after game after game? Was that, did you feel the character build? Did you feel more in touch with, with Shepherd? What was that like? Well, first of all, I don't mind being identified with the role. I don't mind it at all. Um, I'm just not attached to it. You know what Got I mean? It. I really yeah. appreciate it and I'm so grateful to it. And I, I love, I, you can identify me with all of them. I love them. <laughs> right, and right, secondly, right. good on you, real men play femship. Love you, Mark Mir. Hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the ride was incredible. Like I, you know, it's it's not... I never go into a game looking at, is it going to be successful? How big is this one going to be? You know, because I do games of all sizes. I just want to work with a cool group of people doing something awesome that we really are enjoying doing. Yeah. Um, so when I first showed up for that one, um, it was really interesting because it was the first time the woman character, the female character, had identical lines to the male character. Mm-hmm. And in fact, mechanically, the way just in Mass Effect 1 in the first few sessions, because they were dealing with a technical machine where Mark's rhythm and mine had to, or, you know, they weren't sure how closely our lines had oh, right. to match. You oh, know, wow. and everything they, 
everything they did was impacted by that. Yeah. So actually, what they had me do was my first read. They had me get into the pocket Mark was in, and then I then in the second take, what I would do is I would I would note that timing, and mm-hmm. then within that timing, I would give everything I felt inside in that timing, and then in the third take, I would just kind of have an internal free for all and just do this is what comes to mind spontaneously for me. Oh wow. And that's, wow. that's how we would do it. And I didn't really articulate a lot of that. Probably what I said was, okay, got it. And then I'd say, can I have a B? And then I'd say, let me, let me do one for, may I do one for fun? And then I would, then they'd have it. Whether or yeah. not they're going to use it, they're going to listen to it later. And then they're going to go, oh, are they going to go, ah, oh, we love that one. But technically we got to go with this one. Because you know? you're, you're pointing out a very big challenge that, that they had to deal with, which is the game has to flow the same, you know, with female and male and it has to achieve the same like emotional beats yeah. and all that stuff. So that's, yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's insane. Oh, there's so much. And, and what was cool was that game and the scope of the timeline it took to make it. I don't know. I mean, you guys are probably aware. We've talked, I've talked, public, a lot of us talked publicly about this. Yeah. But when we record, we don't get the script ahead of time. So it's cold reading. You're mm-hmm. going in doing cold reading. And it's out of sequence. Yeah. I might be doing yep. this thing where I fight you and I'm having the big boss fight here and then I meet you over here. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. You know, maybe you just shot me here. Maybe we're just hanging out and having, you know, coffee here. I don't know. Right. I don't know. And I just have to jump in and just, like I say, Dory it. I'm (laughs) I'm the stunt Dory, which I love. When Ellen's busy, I'm stunt Dory. Um, You know, I'm just like, what? Oh, okay, we're here now. You know, and that's with (laughs) that way. But the cool thing was to watch also the evolution. First of all, the fan response to the first one was like, wow. And they might have mentioned trilogy when we started, but I don't pay a lot of attention to that. Because it was like can, new world, kind of like, kind of like a loose promise. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I I didn't, when people say there's going to be three iterations, you know, three pieces of this, I'll be like, okay. You know, and then the first one can go to market and somebody can buy them and change their mind. You just don't count right. on it. Live yeah. today. Live today. Exactly. Save yeah. money, live today. You know, and uh, live on half of what you make because you'll be in style and then out of style and it's not your fault either way. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> So, um, that's a very important note, actually. Oh yeah, it's super true. Um, the uh, the evolution of acting styles between one and three was great too, because as technical things came along, in the first one there was still a little bit of that video game stuff, you right. know, just a little, and then in two it was a little less. And by the time we got to three, you know, there's that whole Michael Caine thing of thought registers on camera. I believe we're now living in a time when thought registers on the mic. Because mm. you can feel it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Very much so. That's cool. so much insight. I'm like my brain's expanding. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the extension hour. <laughs> um, but I do. Um, going back to um, picking, you know, female shepherd, uh, fem shep. Um, I, I like how you kind of keep a, a distance, like a safe distance from roles and characters, even though you don't mind, you know, being identified as them. Um, what do you, what are your thoughts on, you know, creatives who, um, you know, writers and directors and casting directors, um, as well as with the like growing uh, encouragement of um, female representation in media? Um, I think it's really important, at least for me, I, I'm a I'm writer director and mm-hmm. like I I had no a good ton of female writer directors. And in my mind, I'm like, I am out of the job. I look at them, so like because I think that's the voice that the audience is kind of 
been asking for and that voice is getting louder. Um, and for me, when I think about, you know, like writing characters, like to me, I'm like, well, is it a character? Is it not just like some type of archetype? But then a lot of times I have to kind of check my like male privilege and be like, am I doing this right? And, you know, conferring and having these conversations with, you know, actors and, you know, writers and uh, crew members, female crew members of like, hey, you know, like the male gaze is a real thing. The female gaze is a real thing, you know, like. So I just want to get your kind of thoughts and ideas about like how the industry is changing that way. First on respect to you for your awareness, you know, much gratitude for you for your awareness. Trying um, every day. No, every day will get better. <laughs> you're not trying, you're actually living it. And and try, living it doesn't mean you you go from, it's a light switch on and off. It's, it's, a, it's a journey. And by being on the journey, you're there. You're already there. Mm. Just stay there. Um, you know, and the scenery changes as you go, but you're there. So pat yourself on the back there, own that. Like internalize that so that you then leave space for the next thing for you to open up your mind to. Um, you know, I think, I think you can... Like, I'm a huge Joseph Campbell fan, right? Mm -hmm. I really love you know, the whole thing about the X number of archetypes that there are and X number of stories yeah. that we tell. And I think it's a great question is, do those archetypes have a gender or an ethnicity? And my open call to all creators of all levels, and that includes casting creators and all creators, is please remove gender and ethnicity from your casting requirements unless somebody's talking about their anatomy or their hometown. Um, or their DNA, like remove it, open it up, challenge yourself. And it, it, we have to be compassionate that it's, it's actually a brain function thing as well. You know, it's a lot of things, but a piece of it is brain function. We need to sort things in order to not be overwhelmed and in order to feel comfortable and safe. We'll go with being a little uncomfortable and a little unsafe yes. and see where you go. Like get used to being uncomfortable because the shift is here. Mother Earth is doing this. <laughs> the shifting I, whether we want it or not. Dude, this time, just yeah. <laughs> corporate, corporate America. Uh, corporate America. I'm going to tag it onto America, even though Europe, I should say Europe isn't quite involved as well. There's just a small number of families with mo have accumulated most of the, the hot, you know, large amounts of wealth in the world. And they're calling the shots of a lot of things. America's an oligarchy. It's not a democracy. We're fighting to take it back, you know, but we have to be clear about what we're fighting. But one of the things that just... I'm like, mm-hmm, <laughs> about the time. Listen, first of all, the difficulty and the suffering around this time is not to be minimized. Mm -mm. And I will fill my tank by going over here and looking at this aspect of it, which is, you know, that corporate machine kept sending a bigger bulldozer to mow over the planet and bend it to its will, right? The planet would push back and it would send a bigger bulldozer. And finally, the planet went, let me send my smallest soldier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You go home and think about that, you know, and I love that. And it's a time and that that feeds in because it's a time when we're already uncomfortable. We can challenge all of our notions. We can just let go and trust fall into the future. We're going to be OK when we trust ourselves, when we stop looking outside at what we knew and what we had. And and this goes all the way. This goes to it's going to sound, you know, like a lot. But look at our food. Look at the way we eat. We are corporate fooded and that food changes your brain. Everything you put in your body affects your chemistry, which affects your thinking, which affects your ability to channel the higher creative stuff, which affects your ability to connect. It affects everything. So just pause and go, hold on. What would the great grandmothers do right now? What would they say matters? How would they do today? They would send me on my way to create. They'd tell me to mind my responsibilities 
and forget about the rest, you know, and just open it all up. I, I think your question is phenomenal. And I say, open up your casting, open it all up, open up your mind, open up the age as well. Yeah. Open up all of it. Yes. Man, I this really is guy. the expansion hour, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you need a, a, you need an app that that people just like log into. Like, this is your daily expansion. <laughs> I, I'm a big. Uh, I've actually been thinking of recording little meditations. I've oh, I'm on Instagram, and um, I have I've just finally started to get up to speed with it a little bit. I'm um, J Hale Graham, um, not like the cracker, like in like I'm like. <laughs> G-R-A-M, like Instagram. <laughs> and I've just started doing little videos and I thought, you know, maybe I could start recording little, I don't know, check-ins of things that make me helpful. Right now I'm doing DIY videos of this house I'm tearing apart. I had to tear it apart to build this booth. Now Ooh. I'm going upstairs and it's a hairdo. Have you seen um, Anthony Hopkins' Twitter? No. He, he oh, does that should. and he, it's all just, yes. he's just with his cat or he plays piano and he says, smile today and be kind to others. And then it, that's it. That's the video. I was like. And he oh, he also a, does paintings as well. It's like such oh. a, and that's a nice, beautiful thing where it's like people yeah. who have, you know, such, you know, a, a name, a household name or, you know, people who are, you know, where people can look towards like just have just positivity to share, you know, yeah. just wonderful things. But we, yeah. we have a choice and, and we have to, we have to be. Um, I, I think it's a part of being responsible about it to be aware and remind ourselves that the news mm-hmm. <laughs> is a prof for profit industry for the most part in North America, except for your, you know, maybe a CBC or an NPR, but even they have sponsors they have to keep happy. Mm-hmm. And one of the most engaging things out there is fear. It will keep people coming back, which keeps the money flowing in. And you just have to follow the money. And I love money. <laughs> Let's use it for something else now. Yeah. 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 Big uh, money is, agree. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. There's a, a book out there called uh, Money is Love. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I view it the same way, you know. Um, money, it's, we had uh, Bob Bergen on Pat a couple of weeks ago, and he talked yeah. about happiness as a choice. And it's- and also, you know, our, our viewpoints of money, it's, 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 it's a personal decision that you make and how you view it. You know, money is a tool. Yeah. Money is, like you said at the beginning, sometimes it represents freedom. Sometimes it represents love and what you can do with it. You can save lives with it. You can help people with it. Yeah. And it is one of those things of making a conscious decision of what you do with that tool. And if you um, have more of it, uh, you know, to, I'm, I'm a big proponent of tithing. You know, stuff oh, like that. Honey, like all day. I, I went to Thailand uh, several years ago and I got to, I met these kids there. I just went to volunteer for a couple of weeks. I, I was getting my head up my backside and thinking about myself all the time. I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Volunteering is always the greatest antidote for that. And right now people could volunteer online to reach the blind or they could volunteer to tutor or whatever. There's volunteering is the vitamin that we all need. It's, we have these scurvy of sorts in the developed world we're, you know, we're all about what we don't have. And volunteering is like that instant lime that just gives us back the vitamin, yeah. right? And I got to meet these kids and a couple of them would not have been able to go to university because they just didn't have the money. And I was found out how much it was. And I was like, oh no, this is happening. <laughs> and it wasn't that much. Yeah. And it was great to, to just, oh. like now that has changed. Like we all have the power on a tiny level to do that. And actually this takes me back to Tom. So you said something a minute ago, you were talking about, um, this money is so often used to heal the wounds of comparison. 
Like every time we compare ourselves to others, it's like we take a knife and make a little slice in ourselves. I got a lot of slices in my body. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was, but it's, it's a cultural way of, of identifying where we do and don't belong. And we can actually choose our way into redefining that, right? It's just a habit. All of this is just a habit. One of my favorite people to listen to is Jim Fortin. He's got these killer podcasts as well. Um, because this podcast is awesome. Yeah. And um, he's, he's everything is a choice and everything's just habits. And when you want a new way of being, you just go, when you're not there yet, you wouldn't be like, I am not, have not mastered the javelin throw. I'm going to try one climb. I suck. No, just like, it's just a habit. You just build yeah. it a little bit every day. Right. And so you can choose your way out of comparison because what you're talking about you know, the female creators versus the the male creators and like, don't even compare. You're all just beings and you, every one of you has a unique voice. You you're here and your assignment is to bring that voice forth. And it doesn't matter your gender. It doesn't matter even like I'm raising a male and there's a place for him in this world. There's a place for me in this world. There's a place for all of us. Just step up, step into your spot. Cause yes, it's your matter. spot. Yeah. <laughs> the way I, uh... <laughs> <laughs> there's a uh, book and i highly recommend it for anybody that's listening it's called the war of art um by stephen mm -hmm. pressfield and he he says that, i'm going to paraphrase because i can't remember it completely but he just says no matter what you do whether you're an artist uh, as an actor a writer or whatever go out and do that thing you we deserve it you 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 owe it to us give us what you got because it's like as an artist, like as podcasters, as voice, uh, voice people, uh, as whatever we do, it's like we think oftentimes it's very easy to get into that plight of like there's a performance thing to it. There's a performance nature, but it's not it's not selfish. You're like you have this gift of craft that you're yeah. giving to people like with you, Jennifer, you know, we've all already in this show, we've explained how much games certain games or characters have affected us that's a value that you have given to us with your craft and that's like it just goes to show like everybody that's listening everybody that's watching all of us in this show it's like do it do the thing mm -hmm. and it's just i love this stuff this is stuff that i've spent <laughs> yeah. like i i've studied reiki i've studied uh all sorts of different things and like the thoughts, like the power of your thoughts and choice. Like I'm getting all choked up because this is stuff that I'm like, I've spent, I have a whole bookshelf that's about this kind of stuff. So it's like. And woo. this stuff leading out of everything. I'm so on your, on your page, Josh. This is where I live my life. Everything I do is a delivery system for whatever energy I bring to it. The point is the energy. The point is the, is the light. That's the point. Yeah. The rest delivery system. And it's cool that it, it's a cool, it's a fun one. You know, yeah. but going yeah. to the grocery store, that's a delivery system for the being that I bring in. Mm -hmm. Am I, am I, <laughs> when my kid was little and we were on a ferry one time, going to visit my sister and he, you know, things didn't go his way. I think it was three or four. It was normal stuff. And he was like, ah! you know, he had a fit and I just picked him up and I carried him outside. And I said, no, you, if you, if you need to do this, you need to express this. You're going to do it out here. Not in there. You're stinking up the space. Yeah. <laughs> Self-soothing is a real thing. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, it's, it's, that is the point. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's exciting. And I, science, look, I've had things happen to me. I can't even, I can't explain them. They're woo-woo, they're whatever. And I don't care. 
I don't care if nobody believes me. I don't no. care. In, in 50 or 120 years, science will be like, you know, this is a thing. I'm like, I know. Um, I don't. I don't need that validation. I know my experience. I uh, so I'm Thai, and part of like uh, rite of passage is to Thailand. is to become like a, a monk, uh, and you do that to like honor your your parents and all that stuff. Um, but I always, you know, coin it as like I was probably the worst monk. I mean, obviously, I was very I lived the monastic lifestyle, and I understand the teachings. But I'm very still like. Um, uh, hard-headed and, you know, laser-focused on, like, these are the goals and things and that where, you know, monk lifestyle is, like, take the middle path, least, you know, conflict and end, end all suffering and comfort. Um, but then I always get on Josh. I'm like, all right, Josh, we get the woo-woo stuff all the time. So it's so funny that you brought up exactly, like, I'm the woo-woo <laughs> um, because we, we talk about that. You're living at the bottom of the mountain, though. Because to release all attachment is to live at the top of the mountain. To be nothing but attachment and ego and competitiveness and comparison is to live way in the valley, in the stinky, polluted part of the valley. To live at the bottom of the mountain is to be able to go back and forth. And that's the delivery system for the actual change. It's how you show up. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's uh, in everything that you do and like every every moment, whether you're making dinner or whether you're at the grocery store or whether you're on a job. You're like, I, I, I actually think about um, one of the lessons that I learned in acting school and I've applied it even in my career as an audio engineer of like, be, be a good person, be cool to work with, yeah. you know, be like, you know, you bring the love and it's every moment of life, even if you're just talking to your spouse or you're dealing with your pets or whatever is a choice of who are you going to show up as yeah. and we all have those moments that we can forget and oh. are a jerk and we, or whatever. <laughs> who are we with ourselves when we forget? Like I, I, I was just reminded of a moment shortly after the last election. My philosophy is quite different from the current U.S. administration. And one of the things that really matters to me is the planet and the environment. And when I found out who they selected as Secretary of the Interior, I had been very much like, we'll see. Everything's on a higher path. It'll, we'll, it's all going to work out. We're all going to learn from this. And then when I found out who the Secretary of the Interior was, I was like, no! Throwing no! <laughs> <laughs> shoes and raging, like, no! <laughs> you know, and then I stopped. I was like, <laughs> and I realized I was being the energy I didn't want. I was being the exact energy I didn't want. And in that moment, I had a choice to go, I suck, or to go, oh my God, this must really hurt a lot. <laughs> For me to go down this path, let me just, let me just pause. Let me not even make meaning out of this. Let me just pause and go, okay, I'm just going to go to zero. I can't go to happy. <laughs> Maybe I can't even go to zero. Maybe I can go from rage to just grumpy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's a very grumpy. important yeah. thing to bring up too about choosing happiness and and choosing choosing that positivity and choosing that light sometimes it's a very hard decision mm-hmm. sometimes you can't so who are you going to be with yourself when you can't yeah and if you're mean to yourself about it then as josh said how you do one thing's how you do everything you'll be mean elsewhere in the world so i i have like i had a day there's a thing called uh, again this is a jim fortin thing disintegration anxiety that happens when you engage begin to get to a new level of behavior and it like when you level up in your life in some area mm-hmm. and you're like Woo! and all of a sudden you have the time where you're like ah! 
<laughs> horrible. Nothing's happening. And I feel like everything's wrong and what's going on. And I'm anxious and it's called disintegration anxiety. It happens because your reptilian brain's like, we're not safe. We're out of the comfort zone. <laughs> it's back. scary because it's different. No, I don't want to, <laughs> you know, and it's just, and I had that and I, I was a couple hours into it. And then I was like, Oh, it's that thing. And it didn't make it go away, but I was like, <laughs> okay, then. it. Let's go watch TV together. It's it's like yeah, it's like you can shake hands with it and then be like, I'm not happy with you, but we still gotta ride this out together. So let's yeah. just do it as peacefully as we can. Um, to Josh, I was gonna actually get to the the next question because we are kind of talking about <laughs> uh, change. Um, uh, I thought that this was interesting because I do have uh, a past as a musician, and you in July you released a song called Never. Um, what was the, the inspiration for this? Cause I mean, looking on the internet, I mean, you don't, I didn't see any other music on the interweb. So this is kind of a new, it doesn't sound like music is new to you, but expressing this way and distributing a song, like what was the inspiration for this? I think it was just a, something in my, oh wow. Now I'm getting choked up. Yay. <laughs> Good. Bad. <laughs> something in my path finally let me go. Mm. Finally loosed me to, to the. Thing I've always wanted. Um, I think when I was 12 years old, I went to camp and I wrote, somebody had a guitar and I, I'd never played guitar and I grabbed a guitar and I wrote a song and, and it was like our song that we sang at the end of camp. And I was like, what? We sang my song? That's so cool. And I was like, that's not, I'm not good enough for that though. That That's not real. You know? And then I started singing in clubs, right? And I I um, was singing all the time. It was my joy. I couldn't even believe I could, I could sing. I was like, holy cow, I get to do this. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm not good enough. I would compare. I would, I just sliced away. Oh, I'm still there. (laughs) Yeah. Gutted myself with the comparison. Right. And then, um, and then I, uh, um, when I was got a couple of years later, I was getting really busy and, um, time became a thing and I had to choose where my time was going to go. And I was already making a living acting. I was still in university, but I was always making, already making a living acting. And I was like, I got to, I guess I should let the band go, the music go. And this thought came in. It was like, your voice is in such great shape. Why would you do that? (laughs) And I went to the shoulds and I went down that path. And I spent a couple decades just developing myself and something, Michelle Bobak, Michelle Bobak, Elias Tufexis' wife, they moved to LA and they stayed with me when they moved there. And she appreciated the support. And she said, lady, I'm going to get you back to your music. And I was like, ah, thanks. You know, and (laughs) dang, she didn't do it. We went back in the studio last summer and cut two of my songs and she held my hand the whole time and she was extraordinary and um, never was one of them. I'm still working on the other one, um, but it started the ball rolling. It broke the dam open, but I still sat on it until I kind of like, I still do things to expand myself and to learn. And, and I did some, some, um, you know, self-development stuff. And I went, whoa, whoa, whoa. Nothing in my focus is focused on what gives me joy. I was like, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to do this just because. And I was like, oh, do people even want to hear me sing? <laughs> the answer is yes. It's a beautiful song. Yeah, thank I, you. I, yeah. I, I dug it a lot. I love this song. And the irony, the, the total irony of this is that um, 
it's led me to an announcement that yes. I will I will make when we get into the thing about the audiobook. It has opened up some really cool stuff. Well, I was going to say that's quite the segue because um, we're mean, just about to get there. We're right about to get into that right before All we right. start talking about um, Princess Bride. You know, um, you're going to be narrating the audiobook version for Christopher Poloni's. Pelonis? I make sure. Pellini. Pellini. Sorry. Make sure I pronounce it right. I have a long last name, so I'm very crucial on that. Um, to sleep in a sea of stars. Um, yes. And so how does the music come involved? And then we'll go right into the audiobook. This is a really cool thing. I'll back up to how To Sleep in a Sea of Stars came yes. about. I met her at uh, a convention in Australia a few years ago. And yeah. I thought he was fabulous. We had a great time. And, and he mentioned that he might have me you know, narrate something. And I was like, oh, that sounds like fun. But, you know, people have wonderful ideas all the time and then they don't always work out. But sure enough, he contacted me on Twitter a few months ago um, and brought it up and we worked out the details and I've never done an audiobook in my life. I've listened to several. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the way, Big Magic, Elizabeth Gilbert, Josh, something you said reminded me of that one. Uh, that's um, a great book. Oh I have one of her quotes on, on my wall. Yeah, uh, her letter to fear is... Oh, so good. Yeah. Um, anyway, so um, my first audiobook, I was like, this this will be fun. I called a couple of friends who did them. I got kind of the rundown. I was like, all right. And then it's almost 900 pages long mm-hmm. and has about 50 characters. Wow. I was like, I was like Caitlin's face right now. I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, well, let's do this. You know, but I love a challenge. Who am I kidding? I love a challenge. And um, so... I think I had that Guinness record because I love a challenge and I wanted to buy some real estate. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> so it wasn't intentional. Um, so I jumped in and I had the wonderful guidance of our director, Callum Plews, and uh, our engineer, Sal Barone, was so invaluable. And my iPhone was super helpful. <laughs> I kept it handy because I had all, I had just voice memos for each character. Oh, that's so smart. And, uh, so, and I had also because I put other stuff in there all the time and other shows and other things. I had a little abbreviation that T S I A S O S before every, each character. So that I would, anything that had those capitalized initials, I was like, okay, that's it, that's it. No, that's a song. Okay, that's it, that's <laughs> it. You know, that's a reference for this game that will not be discussed. You know, like, um, so I, I jumped in and it was 70 hours of recording. Wow. And the 32 and a half hours long. And it was awesome. I loved yeah. it. Read that book twice now because once to myself and once out loud. Nice. And what nice. I would do was I would, I would read and I would try not to get, like if we were going to do 60 pages the next day, I'd try not to read more than 80 pages. Mm. So I just didn't want to give away the ending and, or the next piece yeah. in any way form. Right. And it was really fun. And God, the thing, like about four times I was reading the ending and I had to stop because I was all choked up. I was <gasps> like, ah, oh, this is, this gets me. You know, and it was a challenge because from what I am familiar with, with audiobooks, I don't think you're supposed to go too far into character, but they all needed to be clear because there were so many of them and several of them were similar, like a couple different military you know, situations. And then there was, I ended up calling Christopher at one point because there's this alien life form that doesn't communicate in any way that the beings that we're familiar with do. Oh, So I was like, all right, I got to give voice to this. <laughs> thoughts man and so we worked it out and he was really gave some great insight there and um and it was just it was a great great experience i loved it a couple of the characters as much as i tried to keep them moderate in their sound they were like excuse me okay (laughs) so you are i cannot do you halfway you know well and uh it was really really fun it was beautiful so 
During the recording of this, I released my single Never. And um, I, uh, if anybody wants to hear it, it's in the link on my Instagram page right now. That may change. We'll put a link on it too in our description. Okay, cool, cool. Um, Thank you. So I released the song, Christopher Heard It. And he said, hey, by the way, for this one piece of the book, there's this one character or this one moment and this thing happens. And here the lead character kind of sings this thing. Would you be interested? And I was like, sure, I'll see if I can put together something. So I I connected with uh, one of my writing partners, Todd Herfindahl. And we, uh, he's an amazing assembler of songs and ideas. He's incredible. And we, he created this great frame, but something else happened. He created a great little frame for that moment. But then between the book and what I told, what I shared with him under NDA Mm -hmm. that I could, and the feel of everything, like this song birthed itself in spite of us, this other song. Oh. And it's called Sleep in a Sea of Stars. We played it for Christopher and he was like, yeah, huh? Yeah. Wow. And so we are having a virtual release party for that sometime in the next uh, couple weeks. I'll Ooh. put it up on Twitter and uh, Instagram. We're doing a virtual re- song release party for Sleep in a Sea of Stars with myself and Christopher. And there'll be a little giveaway in there. Ooh, for that's fun. so cool. That's awesome. I'm, I, I'm like, I wish I could play it for you now because it's so good. <laughs> I want to hear it. Yeah, I love it so much. I love it. No, yeah. and I think this is a wonderful time. I I have never really been into audiobooks until, you know, we all had to stay home. And mm-hmm. now I'm like listening to all these like sci-fi fantasy ones. Oh. And, you know, just to talk about To Sleep in the Stars a little bit, you know, even though there are galaxies and uncolonized planets and xenobiologists and stuff like that, but there is, you know, human compassion and, you know, oh. personal human strength and stuff like that, which is you know, like you were saying earlier, like what is the um, connective fibers between all beings, right? You know, love and compassion and fear and oh. survival. So it's I'm I'm excited. Um, I've not ever read the book, so I'll tell you right now. Um, I got an Audible account, and you know, I got a yes. free I got a free credit. So I'm like, all right. do it, do it, do there it, please do it, because you nailed it, Tom. That's it. This book hits so many meta things. That I was like, whoa, like meaning of life kind of things as I was reading it. I was having these epiphanies. And I was like, whoa. And then it's got these superhuman moments and it's got this amazing sci-fi. Mm. And then it's got that awesome little gritty crew kind of aspect of it. And it's he just did a gorgeous job with this. Yeah, I, did a gorgeous job with it. I live there right now where sci-fi it talks more about humanity than sometimes just nonfiction does. And I'm yeah. I'm I'm there. I'm 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 uh, like I'm so subscribed to that like sci-fi world right now. So I'm about, yeah, you're gonna love it. Uh, you're gonna love this ride, uh, and it's a it's a it's a ride, man. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I feel it. like your your statement earlier about hearing intention, like through the mic and through voice. Based on all that we've heard about you and and your past and your career and everything, the way that you just talked about this book makes me want to read it for the epiphanies that I know I will have from the epiphanies that you have explained in your your personal life. I feel like good job on uh, hashtag ad, not an ad. (laughs) (laughs) I believe in it. You know, I think it's a wonderful piece of work. Yeah. Uh, And it comes out September 15th. So everyone and coming be, up. all the links are going to be down there. Um, but that does bring us to our latter half um, of the show, which is going to be um, something that you get your nerd on about, which is. Yes. Uh, Actually, I was torn when, oh. when the question came about favorite movie. My favorite, favorite movie. I was like, oh, too dark. 
not these days. We need something lighter. And I was like, oh, well, my fun favorite movie is this one. Oh. So my favorite favorite would be T2, but we're living in T2. Oh, I love <laughs> that film. Cool. Yeah. So let's just do a little Princess Bride because we all Yeah. I mean, I will say the, the, the one dark thing about Princess Bride is that people were, for a second, I think Hollywood had a question to try to remake it. Oh. And mm-hmm. I love what Carrie Lewis said about, hey, there's only a very few perfect films out there. I would hate for this one to be one of the ones that get remade. And it's like, yes, yes. just leave it alone. Leave it alone. Just stay, be- stay classic. So, so let's let's start up the conversation the way that we do in Nerd on Style is just to ask, re- can you think back of your first time seeing it? And your reaction. first impression? <laughs> Yeah, I sat down to watch it. It wasn't in the theaters. It was, you know, it was recorded. And I was like, eh, I'll watch. What is this? And then I was like, oh, my God, what is this? (laughs) (laughs) It was delightful. And, my, of course, my favorite. Well, we'll get there. But what's your next question? I mean, no, we go around around the circle um, and say, hey, what's how is everyone else's? So mine, I remember the first time I watched it. And I was a child. And so I was dumb and young and I didn't know anything and I thought Inigo Montoya was Zorro right because I think Disney Channel <laughs> I did. I did had, had had some had some Zorro like the old OG Zorro TV show and mm-hmm. and then I remember watching again when it was like in high school and you know favorite day is when the substitute teacher brings in that cart with the TV strapped down <laughs> and we we're watching it and oh, then I was yeah. like oh and then I, I had a friend named Alfonso Montoya shout out to him and he always says like, and he would do the line and Nigo Montoya, you know. And so I was like, oh, this is a whole new thing. And yes, mother, prepare to die. And you know when he does it again and again. But uh, watching it, you know, watching it in preparation for this, but also watching it in my more adult life after you know going to film school, um, it's so. I I I hate how easy it is to enjoy. There's something about it where like. Some you you wouldn't think this film works, but it works so well at a level of like t- telling a story to a grandchild, the story of love and the whimsy that it has amongst everybody. Where like it feels like there's nothing at stake, but then the power of true love, which is so rare in the world, is allow us as an audience to go through this journey and just to be you know a hundred percent. Complicit to like, hey, this is just happening, and everyone is just very, very, very charming and how they play. Like Andre, yes. uh, Manny Patinkin, uh, everyone's just so charming to play. Wallace, yes. I mean, they're all just delicious. Yeah. yeah, and Robin Wright. I mean, my God, oh, oh Princess yeah. Buttercup. Yeah, I didn't realize until this time through that this was her first. Yeah, she, this movie was introducing. like introducing Robin Wright, and you're like, oh my gosh. Well, she she was on the soap opera Santa Barbara years and years and years ago. And that was an early, early victory for me. I had the self-esteem of a nothing. Mm. And I bought a book. They, Santa Barbara was the only soap opera I watched because of Robin mm. and Marcy Walker and A. Martinez. They were incredible actors. And I was like glued to them. I, I'm not a soap opera person, but I was like, oh, my God, these guys are incredible. And then I found out they were having an audition in Atlanta. I lived in Birmingham. And I, I was like, but I can't. And I was like, okay, that that obstacle will not do. Mm-hmm. So I bought a book on brain function and it had you make a tape of affirmations and listen to them twice a day. And I was like, I did it. You know, and sometimes I'd miss and I was like, oh my God, that time I missed going to screw me over. And I'm like, stop it. You know, <laughs> long story short, they did like an American Idol style talent search around the country. 
They saw over 6,000 people. I had huge frizzy hair, a giant t-shirt, and big baggy flower pants. Styles in. <laughs> oh my God, it wasn't. And then out of all those people, I got the part. And I got to be on Santa Barbara That's for a week. Awesome. They flew me to Florida and they wrote a part for me and it was wow. amazing. And so that was my tiny, 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 I was inspired by Robin Wright. So yeah, she, yeah, introducing, but she was, she was, been, she was around on a soap opera even before that. Wow. Kaylin, oh. Josh Arley, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, Princess Bride has been, it's like when you look at the, the bookshelf of your life, I've said this in past episodes, Princess Bride, the movie is always going to be there. It's, mm-hmm. it's something that I've seen so many times, like, um, Tom, you were talking about um, like movie day when a sub teacher was in. Mm-hmm. It was always either Stand and Deliver or Princess Bride. <laughs> and so I have seen this movie so many times and it's one of my wife's favorite movies as well. And it's just, I remember thinking back, I remember one of the first times that I saw it. Um, it actually, it, for a kid, it can be a very real experience. Like the the um, forest scared the heck out of me. <laughs> the rats, all of that, like fire swamp, the, all everything that went on in this movie was like it's like the equivalent of watching like a Lord of the Rings, <laughs> like intense, very advent, like fantasy, like it. And then growing up, you're like, oh, that's funny. Yeah. Oh, that's a humorous moment. But when you're a kid, you're like. <gasps> it's real. Oh, it's, it's real life. You're a Fred How Savage. You? <laughs> yeah. How old were you? Huh? How old were you? Oh, I have, I mean, this came out in 1987. So, I mean, I was only two when that came out. So probably. But when you watched it first. I was probably you? like. Uh, 14. or 10. <laughs> like, it had to be early 90s. So it's like, it's easy to get wrapped up in this movie. I'm thinking of sharing it with my kid. And I'm like, oh, do I do it? 10? I, I mean, nice. that is a Fred Savage age of like, oh, kissy, you know. So I, I, I from from me, I remember I was I was very much like I don't care about the lovey dovey stuff. Yes, and then exactly. so now as an adult, I'm like, oh, but it's, it's, it's sweet. I, I don't remember <laughs> exactly what age it was that I first saw it, but I remember being annoyed by the kid because he kept interrupting. Yes. But then as I watched it further, like uh, growing up and and watching it for today, like. I'm like, oh, it's because that's exactly what kids do. Yeah, like, I was the kid. Exactly I was like, yeah, he knows what's up. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I think as a kid, I was all I was like, I love the romance stories. So I was like, yes, the kissing, do the kissing. And then he would come <laughs> in and be like, gross. And I was like, shut up, dumb boy. Like, stop. <laughs> Let them kiss. Uh, but now I just think it's funny because it's like, yeah, that's exactly what a kid would do. Yeah, that sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Ollie, um, I'm I'm the uncultured one in this uh, in this group. Uh, I actually haven't seen the movie uh, up until uh, last week. Wow! Oh, uh, what'd you think? What'd you think? I I loved think? it. It's it's right up my alley. Um, I uh, Carl Ewis Ilwis is that how I say his name? Carrie Ellis. Ellis. Yeah, Harry he, Ellis. Uh, I've seen Men in Tights, and um, I love that movie. And it's 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 like the right amount of humor. Um, the person that plays um, the Spaniard. Manny Patinkin, um, baby. Yeah, he's in. Isn't he in that uh, Dead Like Me show? Right. I think he. I think I know him from from one of those HBO. He was in Homeland. Something was he in Homeland? Yeah. Um, he's a big he's Broadway really, guy too. He's, he's, he's been in a few things. So it was, it was really it was it was cool to see him on screen. Um, and just the the fights were exhilarating. It was 
absolutely hilarious at times. Um, and yeah, Robin Wright, it was really cool to see her after, after having since seen my first uh, exposure to her was House of Cards. So it was really cool to see her <laughs> there. <laughs> Jennifer's face was like, whoa. I've missed, I've missed a lot of uh, movies. So you say thank you to Jennifer for making us watch this. <laughs> yeah, so absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for not only making uh, us watch it, but now we get to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, criminal. He, he's on Criminal Minds, Homeland. Uh, yeah. Let me, let me look it up. I don't know what I don't know what you're looking for, but yeah, I mean that's that, yeah that's the thing where like I think this is one of those like and it's funny that that this is based off a book and you know doing a little bit of research of like what the book was a little bit more about of how um, the author and screenplay writer um, wrote it and it's more of this like passage of storytelling and all that stuff down and I think as an adult something that I have really like whoa I can't believe they put this in a kids book is when the grandpa uh, played by Peter Falk says. Who says life is fair? And I was like, oh, that's so true. Oh. <laughs> true though. Yeah. We had business because that's the truth. It's not fair, but I always say this to my kid. I'm like, he stopped the fair thing pretty quick because I was like, it's not fair, but if you do it right, it's fun. Yeah. You know? Like, wow. There's that's a very accurate. There, there, there's yeah. a, a DC Comics character named Mr. Terrific, and um, he has a jacket that says fair play because all his life he's had just nothing but tragedies. And I took this lesson from him where – um, every time a tragedy would happen, everyone's like, life isn't fair. And so he made his goal of like, well, I'm going to work so I can make life fair for others. Interesting. And I well, like that. if you really want to take fair, that you take everything away from everybody on the planet and redistribute it and then let everybody start from there. Like that's, well, we're all meant to learn whatever lessons we're learning, right? Yeah. But you reminded me of something lately. I've been, I wish I was, I'm not a writer. And I don't know that that's my path. And I'm not a writer of graphic novels, but I was like, man, I wish somebody would write a graphic novel in like the Marvel universe or something where you have um, a native person, a First Nations person, and they're a superhero, only they're partnered with the planet. Mm. And they go around doing like, maybe they're take on the corporate people they should Mm. to take them out, you know, like, you know, just some sort of dark hero that's a Native person. I don't want to say Native American because that's not mm-hmm. that tags into America and they were here first. Um, like, you know, and not everybody agrees with the term indigenous, but, you know, a First Nations person who becomes a superhero. Like, I want that and fights for the benefit of beyond humanity. You know, like, I want that book. Sounds a little like uh, Poison Ivy um, in the, the latest Harley Quinn TV show that's on HBO. Yeah. Yeah, they've yeah. they've really done rework of like I'm just trying yeah. to protect the environment. How right. did I become a terrorist? And I was yeah. like, yeah, this is true. Um, but yeah. there is a character kind of like that. Like uh, I don't think they have the and that's the thing where I love about characters is that they can expand and grow based on what you know. There there are you know modern mythology and one I think about when you're like you think of native. I was thinking about Long Shadow and that's a DC character. I'm much more of a DC. I, I like yeah, both. He's a DC boy. But I, I, now that you say it, I'm like okay. So I was like, "What in in Marvel is there one like that?" I was like, "Ah, oh. no, you DC. Hey, I'm I'm I've been in I am in both universes. You are you are a woman <laughs> yeah. of many universes. <laughs> it's true. Um, so back to Princess Bride. Um, what are what are some of your favorite parts? Oh my God! Of course, hello. My name is Indigo Montoya. You killed my father. Oh, you know, oh. I am not left-handed either. Oh, you know, I'm that thing. Oh, <laughs> man. And like. Liar! Carol Kane doing her oh, thing. Yeah, and Billy and Billy Crystal. Yeah, oh. MLT. Yeah, Mine. so great when she's dressing down the Dread Pirate Roberts. Like you're suck, and I hate you, and you killed my love. And he's like, really? 
Well, there are reasons and there's things about that. He's so good in that role. He's He's, perfection. Did you guys see the moment? I saw it on Twitter. Rob Reiner and his dad, just before his dad passed, just before Carl Reiner died. Did you see where Carl Reiner came came in and read Rob Reiner the bedtime story? Like the Princess Bride. When he left the room with the last words, and I was like, "Oh, As you will. no!" Yeah. And shortly after that, he died. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. it was beautiful. It's beautiful. My heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like you can easily say that, like the whole movie is a favorite part. Like, yes, everything just yeah. flows so seamlessly into the next thing that it's like. Yeah. We could quote every line. It's endlessly quotable. Even the small moments, like she has a dream and there's that lady that goes, boo, boo. <laughs> like, it's a tiny moment, but it's a part of the whole. And it's just like the whole thing is just yeah. a... And like Fezzik rhyming, anybody want a peanut? Like... <laughs> the, the rhyming was Everything, <laughs> all, all of the... The physicality of like when he's coming back to life with the miracle pill and like flopping his arms everywhere... <laughs> Like and his head's flopping everywhere. Like every every interaction, both physically, the the writing, the expressions. Like it feels like it was so perfect. Like that's and I'm totally on board with. Like please don't make a remake. It's already great. No. It's perfect. Well, my favorite, nailed it. My yeah. favorite part was um, him scaling the the cliffside and then him getting to the top and like the exchange they had before they started fighting it felt like the most genuine and honest like way like action scene ever recorded <laughs> in cinema <laughs> like just chit chatting about like their stories and they're like all right you ready let's go uh, yeah. Yeah. uh Mandy Patinkin by the way the actor who plays the the Spaniard um he is in Dead Like Me it's a it's a Showtime series highly recommended it's it's dark okay. um he plays like a mentor character to um, this girl that I'll just leave it at that dies at the very beginning of the show, and mm. the rest is up for you to find out. Definitely recommend it. Awesome, I love that. Tom, what was your favorite part? Um, I mean, I feel like you you nailed most of it. I mean, honestly, I think there's nothing that makes me want to like, you know, stand up from my you know imaginary theater with popcorn in my hands of when uh, Manny Patinkin's character gets you know chucked with the knife and then. He mm. builds the energy to, my name is Diego Montoya, and then he keeps saying it. And then, you know, Josh's, you know, idol in life, Christopher Guest, is like having to fight him <laughs> off. And I was oh, just like. It, God, I love it. It's, it's a wonderful, and then he's like, promise me wealth, promise me your land. And it's like, I'll bring my, you know, father back. And it's like, and I was like, oh, it's, it's, it's wonderful. And also the first fight between um, Wesley and him. Where yeah. you know they're just oh, playing. Yeah. It's like right hand, left Perfect. hand, but also mm-hmm. it's like I would hate to. I would hate for you to die. It's like I'd hate to die. You know, like these yeah. these things. are like <laughs> you're quite charming, and it's like these things yeah. were like, you know, in terms of ser- serious subtext, they make no no sense. But when you when you think of it as like characters in their almost root form of like just respecting each other, I I really love the dramatics in that sense, where um, mm-hmm. it's a little operatic in that sense. Uh, so. Yeah, but it has that wonderful humanity note, like. Some I've heard people who work in the medical field say that Scrubs was far more accurate than ER mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because they use that humor just to get through the difficulty of the day. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. gotta lighten it. Yeah, gotta and and it. and with um, Inigo Montoya, where he's like, "I promise you, I will not kill you until you reach the top of the mountain and then throw the rope." You know that whole you know exchange where Wesley's hanging on. He's like, "Do you mind? Like, this is really difficult. Unless you got something better to do, like, let me just climb this thing." It's like I could throw you the rope. And it's like let's just let's just fight. And then because Nico Montoya is starting to have you know respect for this guy that 
somehow his ship is faster. Somehow he's climbing faster than all of them. Um, and it's, I, I think I always look like, like the warrior spirit of like, yeah, you know, sometimes a warrior, if their entire life is built on, you know, fighting or revenge, um, you know, the thrill of the battle is what they seek at the end. But also Inigo Montoya's like arc of the very end where, you know, Wesley says like, maybe you should become the Dread Pirate. Um, because he says, I want that movie. Or, oh my yes. well, I, yeah, I, say, I mean, Mandy, uh, Inigo Montoya's character says like, I've lived all my life with vengeance now. I have I don't know what else to do. And that's the kind of thing about vengeance in itself when you have such a singular point of living, you know, once that's done, you have nothing else. And and I think that's like a you know, especially when it comes to like life and goal oriented and not being very like your life is about much more than just the singular goal. Um I thought that was a really interesting thing to kind of like, you know, they they talk about it in a in a kid's story of just purely a vengeance, but when you when you expand it and then think about like how do you look at your own life? You know, is it just to be one character? Is it just to be, you know, this role or to have this amount of money? Then once you have it, what else are you done? Like do you have no more meaning, but yeah, yeah. I have a friend who, um, he was in a coma many years ago and, um, I was there as part of the group that sort of helped, you know, we, we brought him back, but he was unconscious for three and a half weeks of a Ooh. nasty, nasty infection. And he came to, and he kept seeing the meaning of life. Mm. He was like a factory worker at a, plants and he'd go out on break and he literally saw it on a piece of poster board and i was like what was it (laughs) and he couldn't remember for months and then he remembered and he said it just is going to sound kind of lame because it's it's just be happy Mm. but you have to find a thing that makes you happy and then you get that thing and then it's kind of not the thing anymore so you go find the next one like it is that journey Mm -hmm. it's totally that journey yeah wow it's the the next there once you get there you'll get the next there yeah. Um, for me, uh, the, cause we've all kind of touched on like, f- like the, the movie is my favorite <laughs> moment. No, um, there's yeah. lots of like, there's lots of, uh, one liners that I love. So, um, I love that when he goes, you keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. <laughs> um, uh, it could seem- also the, Inconceivable. <laughs> the whole movie is very, um, one of my favorite things in, my fandom is Monty Python, and this oh. movie is very Python esque. <laughs> very, um, there are very there are several moments where it's like like when they have that guy cornered at the gate and they're trying to get the gate key, and they threaten him, and he goes, "Oh, you mean this gate key?" This <laughs> it's just little <laughs> funny moments where they go from intense to, "Oh, you mean this?" or yes. marriage. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> to Blave. Um, Blave. And they. Um, Oh man, when um why can't I think of his name? Uh, Carrie Ellis's character. Wesley. Wesley. Yeah. When he is basically uh he can't move his body, but he's we get a Bernie's um, Huh? Oh yeah, <laughs> when he's like in the bed and he's telling this guy what he's going to do to him. <laughs> uh, to the and pain. then he stands and he goes, Drop your sword. I just like and the guy just goes and he just sits down very oh, he, politely. He like, grabs his sleeves also. Yeah. I don't know why, but that little flourish of like, whoop, okay. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Excuse um, me, I'm going to go watch now with my kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, any other favorite parts we mentioned? Ali or Caitlin? Um, I mentioned that one. Caitlin I mean, I, I think when they're going to the honeymoon suite and she's walking with like the uh, his father. Oh, yeah. And, she she like gives him the kiss on the cheek and he's like, "What was that for?" She goes, 
I'll never see you again. I'm going to go kill myself. He's like, well, isn't that nice? And like pats her <laughs> hand and you're just like, no, listen. But then yeah. he's like, she kissed me. You know, like that's I all know. you really care about. Oh, he's on, he's, like, he's so on his last it's, legs. It's so like perfect, but infuriating at the same time. Uh, yeah. Um, if there's no other favorite parts, I mean, we can go on the entire episode and more, I, more really episodes of favorite parts. But uh, uh, Jennifer, you're, you're, we're not going to go easy. We always have our guests do favorite characters. Um, but so we'll do one of the main characters, which I don't know what that is because it would be like what? Wesley? Wesley Buttercup? And Princess Bride? In the Princess Oh, it has to be an Eagle Montoya. Okay. It has to be yeah. Montoya. Wow. And then who would who you be your number two, your second favorite? Inconceivable. Oh, okay. <laughs> Inconceivable. Vincennes? I cannot yes, remember. Um, Vincini. Vincini? Vincini. There Vincini. it is. Hmm? Uh, I wanted to say Vincenzo and I knew it was wrong. I know, right? <laughs> Mine's the same. Indigo Montoya. Yeah. And then second? Second, I would say, um, was Wesley. Okay. Yeah. Josh? Uh, my favorite's going to be, it's going to be Wesley and okay. then Anigo. Okay. Caitlin? Hmm. I don't know why this feels so difficult. They're all amazing. So the like... grandkid? <laughs> the grandkid. Oh, Peter Fox special oh, spot for yeah. Peter. Um, I gotta say, I think Wesley is probably my number one, just because he's so he's so perfect. He's so perfect in this. Uh number two is probably Fezzig. Yeah. Yeah, mine he's is just yeah. delight. A delight. Mine is Inigo Montoya and Fezzik. Just because those two, and that's the thing where like there is love throughout the film. And like the love of a grandfather to a son, the love between Wesley and Buttercup, but also the love between friends. And Fezzik yes. is the one that gets uh, Inigo Montoya to not, you know, be all inebriated. It's like he helps his inebriated friend, and you know, he wipes the like the the soup off his chin and dunks, <laughs> and he's like, "All right, that's enough." You know, like there is yeah. brotherly love, or you know, just you know, love between two friends. And I I, I love that stuff. The first thing I picked up on, which might be weird, was like. Wait, why isn't your dad reading it to you? So that was like a little bit of sadness there. So that that helped kind of keep that grandfather. You're creating a whole meta. <laughs> I am. It's like a whole universe. So, right? so it's like Something extra special. That I noticed that? with. Oh, I'm so sorry. Go ahead. No, Kaylee, go ahead. I'll, I'll hold mine. Um, something that I noticed was uh, they were very good at making b- between the like uh, the the various loves. Those loves all had like a moment of being a romance novel cover (laughs) like every there's at least one shot where like you know Fezzik is like holding him and they're like looking into each other's eyes Buttercup and Wesley they're like you know have that like holding her head and like sitting on top (laughs) like oh there's there's a moment at least with with every couple there's like one everywhere and I love that that's so cool yeah what you were saying just a minute ago uh, Tom was reminding me of our earlier conversation about letting go of your stereotypes, like, like writing and make, creating projects around love, like the all forms of love, not just the single romantic notion of love mm-hmm. between two humans, but brother love, family love, you know, friend love, like it's powerful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think, um, I mean, I feel like art has a responsibility very... to kind of expand that. And I think, you know, so far it's tough with, you know, media and consumption and box office where they just like, we got to do what sells and this is what's sold because of based on our data. But it's not about the risk of like, well, we can tell a story about a son and his grandfather or, or a, a granddaughter and, and her grandmother, you know, 
And I think that's why I think Lady Bird was really big because it was a love story between a mom and a daughter. Yeah. Yeah. And none of that thinking is is now or what's coming. It's all backwards. It's all looking back. That thinking of we got to do what's, you know, that's all behind us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like in front of us. Let's do that. Yeah. 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 We're we're speaking the Um, same language. (laughs) (laughs) Let's make something together. Let's do it. I'm about to do it. Yeah. We're in. Um, Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us. Um, Before we we kind of wrap up, could you tell our audience where to find you on social, like website, what you would like them to check out? It's the free-for-all shameless plug moment. Oh, my God. Fantastic. Um, Let's see. uh, Instagram is at jhalegram, G-R-A-M. Twitter is at jhaletweets. Um, and then my website is jenniferhale.com and my song link, I think is in both the bios of my Twitter and my Insta. The song is never. And then please, please, please keep an eye out. I will announce on Twitter and Insta. We're targeting the 17th of September. We may be pushed back a few days just for logistical stuff for the release, for the release of, uh, the release party for the Sea of Stars song. Mm. Yeah. Nice. So awesome. That. Also, awesome. uh, to sleep Very in cool. the Sea of Stars, September 15th. Everyone get that. Yes. Um, very At excited the, uh, about time that. that this releases. It will be last week that it is out, and you can go experience it. Um, uh, definitely don't miss to sleep in a sea of stars. And I recommend the audiobook. Yes, mm. <laughs> subtle plug, subtle plug. Awesome! Um, thank, thank you, you very so much. much. Thanks, you guys. Thank you. This was so much fun. What? We'll do it again I'm, for the for I'm the next. So book. I'm so happy that you. We're we're willing to come on the show and share your life and your experiences and and your thoughts with us on everything. So thank you so much, Jennifer. Anytime. Uh, I will come hang with you guys anytime. Awesome. We will take you up on that. Awesome. I'll be here. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Oh, she's so cool. Oh, Jennifer's so cool. (laughs) Here it is. (laughs) One of those walk walk away episodes that you're like, oh boy. Well, no, I knew it was going to be deep and amazing and wonderful. Watching all of her know. interviews, I was like, oh, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just she, waiting. She just cleaves your soul in half. I'm just waiting for Josh. Wasn't that fun, y'all? <laughs> <laughs> well, wasn't that a great interview? Oh, wow. Doakley, y'all. <laughs> We're keeping that. I hope you We know. are. That's it. Yes. Uh, we um, hope you enjoyed. That was very wonderful for us. We got our woohoo on. We got our fanboy on. Fangirl. Woo woo. I can't wait to go play some more Avengers after this. By the way, is it? Oh, so you can go listen to Maria Hill. Exactly. Is it woo woo or or you you I like the I like yoo-hoo's. They taste really good though. You know what I'm saying? Okay. No, no, it's woo woo. Woo woo. Well, everybody at home, thank you so much for listening. Or if you are on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. Uh, do consider, if you are new to us, do consider uh, uh, subbing. Whether you uh, just want the audio version on. Or, or on, just consider. Uh, just consider. It's just consider. think about it. Yeah. Consider your life. Do, do think, <laughs> do listen, like, do like, what think you about want. it. And then at one point, press the button, subscribe. Um, As Caitlin loves, on, loves it. Please! <laughs> I hate that. I hate it. We are uh, everywhere podcasts are heard from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, iHeart. We are everywhere. Even in some that Tune in. I didn't even know existed. You're already in yeah. your home. You just haven't hit subscribe yet. Yeah. And if your eyes are bored, you can check us out on YouTube. Yeah. Yes. If um, your eyes are bored, you can check us out on YouTube. 
Can we make a graphic for that, Ollie? Uh, Can you make that into a thing? Bored eyes, watch Nerd Odd. (laughs) Watch Nerd Odd. Your ears, your ears need more butter. Odd as he headphones. (laughs) Eyes are bored. Eyes getting jealous of your ears. (laughs) Bored eyes, tasteless ears. Enjoy some Nerd Odd with your Odyssey headphones. (laughs) Part of a balanced breakfast. Exactly. Um, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, another thing that if you are new to us, do check out our website, nerdon.tv. It has all of the all of the stuff that we are spewing and going on ch- tangential things. Rants. Uh, all of it is on that website, nerdon.tv. All of the information. We have YouTube. We have Twitch. We have so much going on. Uh, do remember to check out uh, Jennifer's uh, socials. Uh, do check out to sleep in a sea of stars. Or just check um, out. Just check out. Or just check yeah. out. Take a nap next time. But come back. Yeah. Check out her song, baby. Yeah, it's on Spotify. It's she, on all She the cares things. about you, and she doesn't even know who you are. It's true. She's amazing. So give her a um, click. But, uh, yeah, that's, you know, at the end of the day, take care of yourselves. Uh, take care of each other. guys. Be take kind to each, each other. other. Top. Let me speak. Be excellent <laughs> to each other, mother. <laughs> wow. All right. Anyway. Um, but that has been it. Thank you so much for listening. You know the drill. As always, nerd, nerd on. on. Ending broadcast.